Welcome back to the Tasty Morsels of Critical Care podcast. Of the many things that I poorly understand, I suspect that haematology holds a special place. Knowing the intricacies of the haematological malignancies was not exactly core knowledge for emergency medicine, and to be fair, an, exhaust, an exhaustive knowledge is hardly key for intensive care medicine either. However, in ICM there is a need to have a broad understanding of what some of the haematological acronyms might mean, given that a fair number of these patients end up in the ICU. Most of this post will be navigating the basics of the diseases rather than super-specific ICU management. O dedicates a whole chapter, number 101, to the haematological malignancies, implying that it is certainly worth our attention. And as a broad definition, haematological malignancies involve the bone marrow or the lymphoid tissue. They occupy a different niche in the oncology world with the haematologist running the show rather than the general oncologists. They're also distinct in histology and outcomes from the solid organ malignancies. We'll start with leukemias, and these can be split neatly into myeloid and lymphoid leukemia. The cells gone bad in AML, acute myeloid leukemia, are myeloid precursor cells, and the cells gone bad in acute lymphocytic leukemia are lymphoid precursor cells. This type of statement, however, is only useful if you have any concept of how a, my- how a myeloid precursor cell might be different from any other type of cell in the bone marrow. The attached image in the show notes comes from the leading source of all medical knowledge, Wikipedia, and it's a nice overview of the different types of cells stemming from myeloid and lymphoid precursors. It obviously really works really well in an educational aid in an audio form. So myeloid cells differentiate into, well, most of the blood cells that you're going to see on your full blood count, things like red cells, platelets, neutrophils, basophils. On the other hand, lymphoid cells have a much smaller and narrower family tree differentiating into different types of lymphocytes, like T and B lymphocytes, and plasma cells. For AML, acute myeloid leukemia, there are a variety of causes from various genetically triggered issues to transformation from a myelodysplastic syndrome or related to prior chemo or radiotherapy. And it also includes the very ICU-relevant disease of acute promyelocytic leukemia, which you can see linked to the IBCC chapter on same. As a result, you can expect to see more AML in the older adult population. ALL, acute lymphocytic leukemia, is more common in younger people with a much heavier CNS component, hence the prevalence of intrathecal treatment. Each of the acute leukemias has its own chronic version, with CLL being a form of a a, a low-grade lymphoma. CML begins as a chronic, somewhat indolent process that accelerates towards a blast crisis towards the end of the disease, and for most people it's really more of a comorbidity than a malignancy. Lymphomas understandably come from lymphoid cells, these could be B cells or T cells. Classically, lymphomas get lumped into two big categories of Hodgkin's and non-Hodgkin's disease, um, with the former generally having the better outcomes. Finally, on the list of common hematological malignancies is multiple myeloma. This is a cancer of plasma cells, which are the grown-up and left-home versions of B lymphocytes. Remember, that's in our kind of lymphocytic pathway. You can go to B or T lymphocytes, B lymphocytes when they mature and do all the things they need to become plasma cells. And in general, plasma cells have developed to produce large amounts of proteinaceous antibodies and are triggered as part of an immune response. And in myeloma, they are inappropriately making large amounts of their specific protein or globulin, and this is reflected in the high total protein count and hyponatremia that we see associated with this disease. So anyway, that's a very broad kind of, I'd say, even sub-medical student overview of the different malignancies, but why would they end up in your intensive care unit? I think sepsis is probably number one on the list. People have 
no immune system due to either marrow infiltration or their marrow being wiped out with treatment, and they tend to struggle with all of the old bugs. They get all the usual bugs that we see, but we also we need to worry about um, Candida and Aspergillus, plus all of their vascular access devices and a wide range of other opportunistic infections. Treat early and broadly and involve your microbiology or your infectious disease folk to be sure you're getting the right cover for the known and the unknowns. There are a number of rather intense treatments used for hematological malignancy that often precipitate an ICU admission. We've already mentioned infection, which is a common sequelae of chemotherapy, but we've covered a lot of the other issues in Tasty Morsels number 34 on chemotherapeutic agents. Overall, chemotherapy can be divided into three stages, at least the stages of the treatment. Number one, you've got induction chemotherapy, which is achieving remission by making the level of leukemic, leukemic cells undetectable. Secondly, you can talk about consolidation treatment, which eliminates any residual undetectable disease. And this is when you might tentatively start using the word cure, for example. And then thirdly, there's maintenance that's used sometimes in ALL and AML to maintain remission. Predicting outcomes in these patients is tricky, and historically there has been a degree of scepticism in admitting them to intensive care as things end badly with a high degree of frequency. O quotes a large um, case series that currently puts mortality somewhere around 60% for this cohort when they are admitted to the ICU. This is, of course, an extremely high mortality, but when you compare it to things like out-of-hospital cardiac arrest, it's certainly not awful. Finally, hematopoietic um, stem cell transplant is an increasingly used, potentially curative treatment for all kinds of hematological um, malignancies, and this has a whole variety of specific indications and complications, and rightly deserves its own little note in due course. For references for this, uh, check out O's Intensive Care Manual, Chapter 101. Thanks for listening, and I'll speak to you.